Hi and welcome to the Club Dub Football Podcast. You've joined us for the Pick Um Show where Rob, JB and Aldrin pick their likely winners from the week's biggest ties and let them into the most exclusive club in football, Club Dub. Anyway, less talk and more action. On with the show. Welcome to the Club Dub Football Podcast, where the only question is, Does your team make it into the club? Can he get in? No, he cannot! So gentlemen, we've literally just made our Christmas plans. What an exciting time of year to think about us all getting together in person. But before we even get to those incredibly rare moments where we all get to sit in a room and enjoy each other's company, particularly at the wonderful magical time that is the festive period, we have our special edition Christmas week pick'em show on the Club Dub Football Podcast. And week 16 has a lot to live up to, right? Week 15 was, I think, um, universally rated a banger. Um, But week 16 has got well, a few of the ingredients needed to make it something pretty special. It's got teams playing really well in need of victories, already in playoff mode if they want to find themselves in the postseason. It's got a number of really juicy encounters by teams who could well end up meeting again deep in those playoff rounds. Um, And really, lots of things to be excited about. So before I jabber on and wax lyrical about just how incredible Week 16 of the 2022 season could be, um, JB, I'm going to throw over to you first this time. I would love to know, sir, your game of the week, and then can you please break it down for us before you put one of the teams beyond the metaphorical red velvet rope and into club dub. So if you're new to the show, here's where JB is going to tell us the matchup, who's going to play an important role and who he thinks is going to get the W. Um, sir, the floor is yours. You, you, we are certainly starting us off on a big note, Rob Rose, because we are going to the wonderful music capital that is Nashville, Tennessee, to talk about the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans, because I've got a lot of interest in this game. (laughs) Convince me then and everyone else. Because there's, there's something interesting about the Texans suddenly, like in the last couple of weeks, they ran the Cowboys really, really close. And you, I think you saw the hangover effect of that affect the Cowboys and the Jags uh, sort of in the weekend just gone. And then this week they took the Chiefs, who, again, appear to be like all singing, all dancing, rolling straight back into the AFC Championship game and took them to overtime. And this weird, like, two-pronged, two-quarterback approach between Jeff Driscoll and Davis Mills. It feels a little bit like what they've looked at and said, okay, you know what, Jeff Driscoll probably has more negatives than positives as a player. Davis Mills has more negatives than positives as a player. But if we play both of them, we can maximise those positives and negate some of those negatives. And it seems to be working because the Texans are doing better. 
I mean, no greater sign than that, than the fact that we're willingly talking about the Texans on this very podcast. So. Nobody said willingly, but sure. Okay. I mean, I'm willingly do it. Close game two weeks ago, overtime last week, victory this week. Meanwhile, you've got a Titans team that we talked a little bit about kind of in the, the recap show on Tuesday that they're not tumbling down but they definitely appear to be cracking and they don't look like the the guarantee powerhouse that you often think of them are in in kind of the Mike Vrabel era and a lot of that comes to the decisions that I think led to John Robinson being let go a couple of weeks ago they've still got Derek Henry and as long as you've got Derek Henry you've got one of the greatest I was about to say power backs one of the greatest running backs in the league, because how you can be that large, that quick and that nimble all in one go is a secret. I would love to know the answer to, but outside of that, there really isn't anything else that they've they've got right now. They, you know, the jokes can be made about how they really need a receiver like AJ Brown for the Eagles. Well, they didn't, they, they moved on from him. Traylon Burks looked really good as kind of their draft pick replacement for him, as it turned out, but he's been injured and they think he's still out now. So he's potentially not going to play. As Aldrin said on Tuesday, you've got Ryan Tannehill, who is not quite made out of papier-mâché, but is spending an awful lot of time not on like on the injury reports in the tent. And no, it was a quote from Vrabel today talking about how he doesn't think that if um, Tannehill doesn't practice all week, that won't stop him from playing on Saturday. And I think that's flawed thinking, but it's thinking they're forced into because Malik Willis doesn't look like he's got what they need right now. I'm not willing to discount him. I'm not willing to say he's he's got no hopes at all because like I keep saying on this podcast quite a lot, I feel we judge young quarterbacks far too early and it's very much you have to come out of college and absolutely hit the ground running and be an absolute superstar immediately. And the window of success for that is so small, it's not fair. So we need to see some more from him and giving him a full week of focus practice as the one with the ones would feel like the opportunity to see what he's got. So this is a Texans team that are not not surging, but maybe have finally got out of the starting blocks versus a Titans team that, to me, are desperately clinging on here and have to be going into this as a sense of we have to win this game or legitimately this season's going to be a wash. So I kind of get why you'd pull this out. It certainly feels a different game to, you know, if we were talking about this game, say, two or three weeks ago. But still, I mean, there is that old phrase, there are no moral victories in football. And the Texans have performed well and got into winning positions to lose two games in the last two weeks. But yet you think this week's the what you think like, what, third time lucky? I don't know if you can even do that when we're in week 16. But but if we were to look at this smaller sample size from more recent weeks, you think this could be the one. I mean, I kind of get it. You know, you've got a, a Titans team a little bit down on their luck, a Texans team who are kind of getting better and do those two forces kind of somehow meet in the middle. But I mean, still for me, the Titans are the better team on paper. 
And they're the team that if they find themselves in a winning position, I'd be more confident of them holding on to it. The only thing I suppose that does fit with your narrative is if the Titans get behind and have to throw the ball, well, that's not playing to their strengths. If the Titans can get ahead and they're able to manage and run the ball and and manage the clock, I think this could be a really long afternoon for the Texans. But I will say this, there are so many things that shouldn't work in football and alternating quarterbacks is one of them. And yet somehow the Texans in small sample sizes, quarters within games, seem to be doing stuff like that really well. So I suppose stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. The weekend just gone, but I'm I'm still very much favouring the Titans. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit torn because obviously the Texans are perennially terrible. Um, I think they have been awful for a number of years. They're awful this year and they're going to continue to be awful. Um, they just look like an absolutely rudderless, directionless franchise that is going to end up with a different head coach next year, maybe a new GM or front office. They'll meander about, not make the right draft picks, alienate the one good player that sits on their roster in Brandon Cooks. Um, And ultimately, I think he'll leave and then they'll not replace him with anybody good. But like JB said, I mean, they're a terrible team, but the last few weeks they've been competitive at least. Um, They've run good teams very, very close. Um, You know, I don't think there's any shame in losing to the Cowboys and the Chiefs. You know, let's make no mistake, losing to those teams is what most other teams in the league are going to do. But certainly the Texans gave them a very, very good run for their money. I think defensively they look relatively sound. Um, offensively, weirdly, they seem to have kind of found a bit of a groove, even though I'm I'm never sure who the starting quarterback is or whether that starting quarterback is any good at all. Um, but certainly they've got enough playmakers around that they make they've made last few games competitive the other side the titans i think are just getting found out a little bit for the deficiencies on that roster i think they've been very very well coached to hide a lot of that recently and it's kind of just been found out a little bit certainly i think the decision to trade aj brown looks worse and worse by the day um but on the flip side, I don't think that's, you know, to JB's point, I don't think that's the fault of Traylon Burks. You know, I don't think, you know, he was ever going to be able to come in and just be the immediate replacement for Brown. Um, but yeah, like I said on Tuesday, I just think maybe teams have started to figure out how to slow Derek Henry. And if you can do that, you can maybe put a couple of scores up and then take away the run game. Then you put the the game on the arm of someone like Ryan Tannehill and then ultimately that gets found out. So, um yeah, I don't know. Two two franchises that are both struggling a little bit at the minute. Um, it could be a little bit of a race for the bottom, but certainly, like Rob said, I would maybe just favour the Titans just because of that coaching and that kind of experience that they have of eking out wins. Um, so they might just do it again. Yeah, I I do think that the Texans will have to have a very different strategy than they had against the Chiefs and the Cowboys, because ultimately against the Titans, they're going to have to dare the Titans to pass, right? They're going to have to try and take away the run game. Now, there's an element of that when it comes to Dallas, but Dallas, despite the fact they've got stellar running backs, are a lot more balanced. Against the Chiefs, that absolutely isn't the play. So I just wonder if the Titans have got the measure 
of the Texans. They just come out better in the matchup, if you like. Um, but JB, I mean, I don't know. What are you expecting from the Texans if you think this week could be their week? What? What? Give, give me the um, silver lining to the dark cloud that has been the 2022 season for Houston. I th- what I am expecting is that I think the Texans will ride a stronger defensive performance than the Titans can cope with. And Aldrin and I were discussing this a little bit just sort of pre-pod before you joined us, that the Titans will get down early because of it and have to potentially look at abandoning that Derrick Henry run scheme because they're behind and they need to get ahead. And there are good pieces in that Texan secondary. And I think that's where the difference is going to lie. And I think Lovey Smith is finally going to get that defense running. And I think it will be close. I'm not saying this is going to be blow away spectacular or anything like that. I, I think it will be close. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, let me throw this out there and maybe this will mean nothing. One of the things I think that gets forgotten in a lot of the story really of the the fall from being ultimately perennial playoff contenders there for a couple of years um in the bill o'brien era is the fact that they really pretty much remortgaged the house getting tunsil at left tackle you know he was you know supposedly as good as there was in the league he was worth all the draft capital they gave up to protect at the time the man they thought was their franchise quarterback how quickly things change but the last few weeks tunsil i mean false start penalties poor and loose play i mean he has not been a standout for them and in big moments you need to make sure that those big defensive players aren't getting their hands on your quarterback whichever of the quarterbacks it may be I can't see anything other. I mean, I think the best the Texans can hope for is this game is tight. And do they have those big game players in those big moments to get them over the line? I'm I'm just not sure I see it. I mean, Tunsil, I think, has been an utter disaster. But I don't know, JB, you sound far more up on them than I am. It, there is intrigue in this. And that's what's drawing me to it. Intrigue in it. So the one twelve and one Texans play the seven and seven Titans. All that's left now we've broken down this matchup is for you to tell us which one goes beyond the velvet rope and finds their way into Club Dub. To uh, we're we're drawing to the near the end of our predictions competitions. Only three weeks left, and in those three weeks, one of us needs to take a stand to secure that dub and to borrow paraphrase the great Dan Fouts in the water boy nearly last game in the season can't hold anything back no guts no glory Houston Texans come on down I might be three in a row this week I think all that sort of prediction from JB the music is playing and you know what? A team in Club Dub is a team in Club Dub. But let me just check, JB. You've just put a team that's 1-12-1 into Club Dub against... I, I just... I'm Against a perennial playoff team 
who nearly made the Super Bowl last. Okay. The you Texans are, are in club dub. There you, are, you go. You are, you are correct there, Rob. The Houston Texans this season have the same number of wins as you. That's unnecessary. I was Ooh, just asking for clarity. Burn. Yeah. Need some aloe vera for that. Um, Aldrin, um, before this pod just absolutely descends into something closer to a farce, bring us back. Give us a genuine game of the week. Well, I don't know. I mean, I feel like a lot's been put on my shoulders now that JB started leading off with that. Um, but I have what seems to have now become a tradition. I've, I've plumped for the Thursday night football event, yeah. which is the Jags against the Jets. Um, That's a good one, though. And, and I, I think that's exactly it, because I think there's a lot of interest in both teams, um, particularly around the quarterbacks, because obviously these are the two, um, what would you call, darlings of the 2021 NFL draft. So Trevor Lawrence taken first overall, and then Zach Wilson following swiftly after at number two. Um, so we learned today, learned today or the other day, that um, Zach Wilson is going to be the starter um, because Mike White has yet to um, clear his injury. Um, so it kind of pits these two guys up against one another. And I think both at very different kind of trajectories of their careers, certainly, you know, Trevor Lawrence was drafted first overall. An awful lot was said of him because obviously he was the, um, generational talent. I know there was a lot said of Zach Wilson in the draft process, but ultimately Trevor Lawrence is one that has been groomed for greatness for a number of years throughout his college career and then came into a very uh, moribund franchise, to use a JD term, um, in the Jag- not Jacksonville Jaguars. On NFL know, podcasts right? generally, right? Just not enough. Which is what people are crying out for. Um but anyway, so he came into a struggling Jags team and was a little underwhelming. You know, he had a tough year with chaos at coach. Um, but this year we've seen marked improvement. I think he has looked week on week like the guy that they hoped they were drafting first overall um, not long ago. And I think if you look at his stats, the last four games he's thrown over 300 passing yards in three out of those last four, 318 last week. Um, He's started to reduce those um, interceptions. I know JB mentioned on Tuesday night that, yeah, he had had those, um, that interception against the Cowboys, but ultimately, you know, he's gone a good stretch without any mistakes. And certainly with the, the ball Hawks that the Cowboys have, you kind of can't begrudge a, uh, an errant throw or errant takeaway here or there. So certainly he seems to be stepping up on the other side. You've got Zach Wilson playing purely because the third string quarterback isn't healthy enough to start. So Zach Wilson's in, um, you know, on, on a very different trajectory because at this point he's really fighting for his career. I think, I hate to say it, but Jets quarterbacks that don't make it don't often find many other franchises desperate to pick them up. Um, And certainly with all the talk around Zach Wilson not being a very good locker room guy, not a great teammate, and certainly not a great on-the-field player, um, he's certainly at the point where he's fighting for his career. And I think 
if you look at his last week, actually, he didn't have a terrible week. He had some decent deep downfield throws, but ultimately still a few of those errant passes, a few of those, you know, kind of mental errors and all the flashes of the things that ultimately probably led to Zach Wilson getting benched previously. So um, it's very different trajectories for those two guys and kind of different trajectories for the franchises as a whole. I think the Jags are going looking for their third win on the bounce. You know, they're looking like they're in playoff contention. Certainly if JB's prediction comes true, then they'll be in with a great shot of winning the division because the Tennessee Titans will be um, flapping around in the breeze. Um, And the Jets coming off a couple of losses, not, really found that offensive direction that I think they were hoping for. Certainly at the start of the year, you had some of that excitement around players like Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson um, looking like real superstars. But ultimately, I think Zach Wilson has been the letdown. Obviously, we've we've lost the running back to injury and Garrett Wilson just hasn't been connected with by any of the, the top receivers, really, uh, top quarterbacks, really, that have been throwing the ball to him. So. The, the thing that the Jets do have is an incredible defensive unit and a team that is able to keep games close. That said, the Jags have been scoring upwards of 24 points in all of their last few games. So even with a Source Gardner-led, um, likely Quinn and Williams playing kind of defense, they've got a team coming up against them that's really found an offensive groove. Um, so I think it'll be a real interesting matchup. Like you said, Rob, we want to see more from the Jags defense and certainly, you know, maybe a sputtering, struggling Zach Wilson is the sort of quarterback you want to come up against to maybe get a few of those picks and a few of those um, those kind of feel-good performances from some of those linebackers, some of those safeties, some of those defensive backs. Um, but I think it'll be a real interesting matchup and it's a real battle of these two top draft class quarterbacks to to see who can come out triumphant. Yeah, I, th- I think the thing to add for me is you, it's, you brought it round to the defences. And I suppose what I'm about to say actually is as much to do with offence and defence. But I think you started to touch on it. Turnovers could decide this. And I look at Lawrence and you think he can't afford in these type of games that could be close to turn over the ball. ETN has had really you know, really big problems with fumbling the ball. Five already this season that have gone to the opposition. Actually, he's been fortunate a couple of other times. So I look at Source Gardner in the secondary, you know, a proper ball hawk and a, a great cornerback that's going to make sure that Trevor Lawrence has to have a, has a real good performance. But then you've got the likes of CJ Mosley and guys who can just get up and around the ball. You know, these big heavy tacklers that the Jets have got. So yeah, I think Lawrence and ETN against that Jets defense could be what decide this one because I still, like you, there isn't enough consistently from that Jets offense for every good thing Barrios does. He does two things I'm not a big fan of for every good thing Zach Wilson does. It feels like there are there are problems like overthrows and poor decisions. Um, yeah, I think the Jets D need to be the people who ultimately set the tone if New York are going to find themselves still in the playoff hunt after this week. It's it's make or break for both teams. Like th- this is the defining moment for like how 
the seasons are going are going to be thought back on like when you do the end of year review how does everyone feel about how everything happened and it feels like this is the time that both teams are going to come to which for the jets and the jags again like end of december being the make or break moment for for your team regardless of what happens you have to put this down as as a, like a member of those franchises as a fan of those franchises you have to put that down as this season was a success i think yeah, you can't progress, get bogged down yeah. with yeah what could have been or anything it was giant leaps like it was a big leap for the jets because the jets looked decent last season you could see what salah was working towards and this season has been a continuation of that they might need to solve the quarterback problem almost definitely they'll need to solve the quarterback problem but it's it's solid progression as we go on season and season which is what you want this is like again i'm about to be hyperbolic there i know you won't believe this but this is the biggest leap since neil armstrong made one giant leap for mankind for the jags this is <laughs> yeah in, totally the same yeah. it's it's no but just in in the size of it it is incredible because this was a team last season that were a flat out joke the urban Meyer hire was a disaster from like a pr disaster a performance a player a locker room everything was wrong and with one change, they they appear to have fixed all of it. And now look on the 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 prospect of going what from worst to first, if if they win out, if everything goes according to the plan that they're laying out now. And I think what a great like feather in the cap that'll be for for Dougie P. What a great feather in the cap it'll be for for Trevor Lawrence, especially who like I know on the podcast we. Some of us haven't always been as high on him as, as we could be, but I think it definitely shows what patience with a with a quarterback, especially like the potential for a star quarterback, can bring. So, Aldrin, I'm, I'm going to ask you in a moment who goes into Club Dub, but first, you know, JB's laid some of the groundwork for this. Who's potentially a bigger threat going into the playoffs, do you think? Do you think Mike White potentially being back in a couple of weeks makes the Jets... I don't know, punchy and awkward opponent? Or do you actually think the Jags, who started pretty inconsistently and now seem to have found a groove, are actually in danger of being able to knock off a few of the bigger hitters in the AFC? I think certainly with, with teams of that calibre that are maybe on the cusp of a playoff performance and haven't been for a number of years, I think the one thing you would pl- kind of pluck for would be form. And certainly I think the Jags are coming in with momentum and impetus behind them and a real feel-good factor. And I don't have that with the Jets. You know, the Jets have struggled through the last couple of performances. Even when Mike White's been healthy, he's not looked like a quarterback savant. You know, he's he's played better than Zach Wilson, and that's what he needed to do. But ultimately, it's been up-and-down performances. It's not looked convincing. So I think I would always plump for the team that, heads towards January on kind of that feel-good factor of coming in off a number of wins, and that would always be the Jags at the minute. Well, unless the Jets do something wonderful this weekend, um, turn the NFL on its head for what feels like the 100th time this season. But the time has come, Aldrin. Two teams, only one of them goes past the velvet rope. Tell us who and why when it comes to club dub. I think it is going to be the Clemson-led... Jacksonville Jaguars beating the BYU Zach Wilson team into Club Dub. 
normally good at, which is as we get to the off season, we talk about draft prospects. But nice, yeah, a college football expert, you are definitely that. So if you'd have told me at the start of the season that we would be going into week 16 and the two teams that we had in club dub so far were the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I would have questions. I mean, I still do have questions, even though I know how the season has panned out for both of those teams so far. But um, if we're rolling round to my game, let's bring us back to um, the sharp end. Let's talk about real, genuine Super Bowl contenders. And I'm going to add into the mix the fact that there is a little bit of a divisional rivalry again going on this weekend because I've gone for the game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, when you consider the Philadelphia Eagles have scored, what, 20 points more than the Cowboys this season, have conceded only one less. It's incredible to think that the Eagles go into this game, what, 13-1, and one, the Cowboys go into this game, um, what is it, 10 and four, something like that. Certainly the records have changed quite a bit over the last few weeks with the Cowboys maybe stuttering. I know we talked about it on Tuesday and we talked about it certainly earlier on when we were um, chatting about the Texans. There was that awkward win over Houston at home. There's a defeat that let's not forget to the Jags. They had a huge lead. I mean, not quite Colts huge, but certainly the kind of lead that a team like the, the Cowboys should be, you know, riding you know a game they should be seeing out against Jacksonville and also not only a great lead but a great lead with what felt like a potent offense you've got CD Lamb who's starting to work well in the slot they're not really utilizing Gallup but it hasn't mattered all that much because they've got tight ends you know it seems like hundreds of them but four tight ends who are all able to be heavily involved in the passing game and then probably the best one-two punch at running back I can remember a team having potentially ever you know, with um, Ezekiel Elliott looking fresh this deep in the season. I mean, we forget that in years gone by, Elliott was typically coming back from injuries at this point in a season and was trying to find a rhythm, let alone being in the kind of groove he is. And then Pollard, who I think on this podcast, we have all thought very highly of for an awfully long time. But with these odd shaky performances, with that painful defeat, as much as I think the Cowboys would still make the playoffs regardless, do Dallas need a win against arguably, well, I mean, not even arguably, is it? The record says it all, the best team in football. So you've got Dallas who have a high-powered offense and superstars on defense, but then you've got an Eagles team that just feels so well-rounded. They seem to have players making plays Everywhere you look, we've talked about Brown at wide receiver. We've talked about the fact that Jalen Hurts, you know, started the season with a few question marks, you know, against him and is now pretty much most people's favorite to win MVP. You add in the fact that they have got sacks on that defense coming from almost everywhere. The fact that they have got corners who somehow seem to manage to shut out superstar receivers week after week after week. And this is an Eagles team that have beaten the big boys. In fact, their only defeat came against, oddly, the Commanders in prime time. But when I was looking at this game this week, I think, look, the Eagles are the better team. Certainly so far this season, they tick that box, best team in the league. 
But I'm starting to look at this game thinking the Cowboys really, really need this one. If we're talking about the Jags going into the postseason with momentum, with form, with feel good, with confidence, what would a heavy defeat do to the Dallas Cowboys if they were to head in to the postseason off the back of that? I think it makes for a fantastic narrative and two teams that I think always deliver entertaining games. Yeah, I mean, I think the big question is whether or not Hertz plays this weekend, isn't it? I think he's got that shoulder injury that he's coming in with, which ultimately might lead us to um, a Gardner Minshew-led offense, which oh, Heck, I, I still think is, it could well be more exciting than uh, Jalen Hurts, just for the uh, mustachioed... Um, <laughs> mulleted antics that might be ensued from Gardner Minshew. Marvel. I love Gardner Minshew. But it certainly changes the offense if he's the guy that has to play. But ultimately, I still think you've got an elite running back, two of the best wide receivers in the game that are almost impossible to cover, as we've witnessed week on week. Um, and also, they've got Dallas Goddard coming back off IR this week. Um, so if Minshew plays, then obviously you have the extra added safety blanket of a very, very high-level tight end. Um, so I think that's really the thing for me, is whether or not um, Minshew or Hurts plays. But ultimately, I don't think... The, thing, the interesting thing is I don't think, you know, if the Cowboys get the win, I don't think it disturbs the Eagles much if at all you know they'll quite happily take a loss they certainly seem like the sort of team that can just ride that sort of inconvenience almost for a week get Jalen Hurts fit and healthy and roll into the postseason and still demolish teams whereas I think the Cowboys feel a little more nervy I don't know they I always have that feel around the Cowboys that they're always one defeat away from absolute chaos and that could be it, you know, if they if they get a bad loss against a Minshew-led Eagles team, particularly, that could be, oh, we're we're doing it again. Are we choking? Are we not? You know, we're we not on the right path. Blah blah blah. Um, so I always feel like with the, the Dallas Cowboys, it's always on a knife edge for every game. They play well one week and it's all, oh, we're going to win the Super Bowl with the best team ever, and they lose and it's all, oh well. Is, are we, if we got the right coach, oh, we played terribly. You know, it's all those kind of things that just go in and around every single game, whereas I, I certainly feel like they ride a game much more easily as the Eagles. I, I think Aldrin's hit on a really, really good point there, kind of as uh, the Cowboys as a team on the edge, because they haven't outperformed their talent this season because like Rob you've made really really good points around like Gallup and Lamb and Pollard and Elliot and I, th I think your point on Sunday about the fact that I think the, the Cowboys are, are working themselves into a problem because they're not going to be able to afford both and I think Dak still looks as, as good as Dak does maybe one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the league which I think says a lot when you consider how highly rated he is by a lot of people what I do think is that the Cowboys have absolutely outperformed their coaching because like Mike McCarthy, just I don't think he's any good. Like he, he wasn't good last year. He's not, he's not the answer there. Is, is that Super Bowl winning head coach, Mike McCarthy? 
not not up to it. I mean, there's a lot of we we can go through a list of a lot of Super Bowl winning head coaches. Doesn't mean they're good. Like who who else is gonna? Win? I was about to say who else is gonna win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, but not many people actually. So maybe there is some truth to it. Who knows? But I, I definitely think he's not he's not the answer in a in a league of co- head coaches that we can talk about. Like we already talked about, like the the Jets and the Jags, both got two exceptionally good head coaches. Please, all fans, regular listeners of the Club Dub Football Podcast, please timestamp this. The Baltimore Ravens have an exceptionally good head coach. I think the Bengals have got a good head coach. The Niners, the Rams, despite the bad season they've got, have got a really good head coach. There is so much head coaching talent and potential for talent on the sidelines that if you're looking at Mike McCarthy and thinking, yeah, that's the guy we want to hitch our our wagons to for the future, you're wrong. Um, And that's the kind of thing that always makes me feel that the Cowboys are like a bad decision away from everything falling apart which from a podcasting point of view would be nice because then that would give us numerous jerry jones sound bites to talk about because they're always fun um conversely i think the eagles got it right with um nick sirianni i think that was a fantastic hire and the trade for aj brown will go down as one of the best trades that a team has made because I don't know if it was that that was like the piece that unlocked Jalen Hurts or again, if Jalen Hurts has just gone through that same growth and progression that we talk about with Josh Allen takes him a while to find his feet. But once he does, he shows that he truly is an exceptional elite tier player, but adding an exceptional elite tier player isn't a bad step either. And Devonta Smith kind of taking a big jump in his second year. Brown on the other side. Hurts functioning as a double hit. You've got exceptional running back talent from the Eagles. The defense is swarming. Like with the the stats they pulled up, was it the Fox game on Sunday? And we said, was it if you said to an Eagles fan that Fletcher Cox was going to have four sacks in a season by week 15, you would think oh, we've had a really, really bad season. And he was, what, fifth or sixth? And we saw two sacks from, well, I think we saw Jalen Jalen Hargrave get one. We saw someone else get two. Someone else got two. Yeah, Yeah, Hassan Reddick's leading them on What an incredible pickup he's been. And this, I don't want to curse them, but this Eagles team has the fire and just the the everything about it that we saw with that 2015 Carolina Panthers team. It, yeah. it just looks like a team who are absolutely in the right groove. They are absolutely on board with each other. They are they are doing everything as a team. And the thing that I like the most about them is not this weekend gone, but the weekend before when the, we had a sideline interview with AJ Brown. And, you know, the, the interviewer said, right, do you want to talk about individual statistics or do you want to talk about team statistics? And his response was team statistics because they're the ones that count. It's yeah. that mindset of getting in a team of it doesn't matter what I do individually. It matters what we as a team do. And I think I've, I've over-exuberanced myself a little bit here, but I think the thing that I will say is one of the things we said on the Rob Rose NFL Night Sofa at the weekend was – it absolutely feels like this is going to be what two of three that we're going to see between the Eagles and the Cowboys. It definitely feels like there's a, a playoff destination for the, for both of them. 
Yeah, I mean, it's weird as you were talking. I mean, it comes down to a lot of different players and a lot of these, you know, these two teams. I mean, Jerry Jones, for all the criticism, I think he sometimes builds a lot of unnecessary hype and puts a lot of pressure. You know, truly, it feels like it's, you know, win now or nothing every year in Dallas, doesn't it? But he does put a lot of talent on that roster. There's no doubt about it. But, I mean, the Eagles have done the same. And, and the thing it reminds me of, as you talk, JB, is Matt Rule, when he was interviewed, having been dismissed by the Carolina Panthers. And they said, oh, what do you think it came down to? And he said two things. One of them was, you know, I was told this was a five-year project. If I'd have told I needed to win in, if I was told I needed to win in year three, I'd have done things differently. But the other thing he said was that we were on the verge of making a few blockbuster trades. And I honestly feel if we'd made one or two of those, um, how different things could be. And you've got to say that this year will probably be looked back on as the year of the trade. I think Tyreek Hill in Miami. I think obviously Brown in Philadelphia. Um, the great business that the 49ers did getting CMC for what a second round pick. I mean, there are Super Bowl contenders who have absolutely been put in position through great trades. I mean, even with the Eagles, the likes of going out and getting the likes of like Robert Quinn. I mean, there've been some really good pickups that these teams have made. The one that goes against this though, and this is the weird thing for me is the one I don't like is all the talk about Odell Beckham and the Cowboys. Because I was thinking, hold on, Odell Beckham going to the Cowboys feels like it's been rumbling on forever. And it was only when I read the articles this week in a lot more detail that I realized Odell Beckham is still four weeks away from being healthy enough to play. That's the reason he's not signed yeah. anywhere, right? Well, the, reason they didn't, the reason Dallas didn't sign him is because they couldn't watch him train because he's not even training. Yeah, it sounds I mean, like because he wouldn't. Healthy. Yeah. And, and the thing I don't like about that is when you are going out publicly and Jerry Jones is going out publicly and saying, we're interested in him, we're interested. It's just now's not the time, you know, he's got to get himself healthy. That's them assuming that they're going to go deep in the playoffs. And I just don't like, I, I like a bit of belief, but I think you've just given a story about AJ Brown, JB, that on one hand talks about belief and unity Whereas I think the Cowboys have maybe got a touch of, well, you know, they always have, haven't they? That touch of arrogance about them. Um, that said, I am ready to make a decision. Here's the weird thing about this game. Proper coin flip game. If you told me the score at the weekend was going to be 40 points to 10, I still wouldn't know who's won the game, right? It could just as easily for me be the Eagles as it could the Cowboys. Both capable of great things on their day. But the team I'm going to put in club dub and let's just remind ourselves, alongside the Texans and the Jags, are America's team. I just think they need it more. So the team going into Club Dub are the Dallas Cowboys. Wait till JV is the only one that gets it right this week. That's embarrassing. Surely not. I, I, I'm going to warn both of you now that if I am indeed correct, you are going to hate recording next week's podcast. Well, that's all right. I, I kind of enjoyed recording Tuesdays just because of what Kirk Cousins did um, in the second half of the Vikings. So it's all right. You win some, you lose some. Um, gentlemen, I think we've picked out, um, I'd love to say the three biggest games of the week. I think mine's amongst the biggest games of the week. And yeah, two I'll give of the you that. very yeah. interesting, noteworthy games. Um, but... Uh, the great news is that the next time I will talk to you all, hopefully it will be in person. We will have time together 
over the festive period and i cannot wait if you celebrate christmas or are looking forward to the festive period yourself out there in listener land we hope you have a wonderful one we will be in touch and posting on our social channels just when we'll record next week because as with most things things do get a little bit topsy-turvy and upside down with the fact that christmas is coming but looking forward to watching christmas eve and christmas day football um and catching up shortly afterwards gentlemen congratulations on what was a wonderful um summation of some very interesting nfl football games shall we get back together next week at some point at least and do this all again sounds like a plan i'd love to right thanks gents thanks in listener land um see you all soon thanks rob ho 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 thanks a lot Remember to subscribe and be cool. Tell your friends.